This podcast is brought to you by Buena Vista Home Entertainment's release of Step Up. Incredible dancing and awesome music fuel this exhilarating and inspiring movie on DVD December 19th. MuggleCast is also sponsored by GoDaddy.com. If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Because there are 214 days to kill until Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Thank you, Zoe17 of England. This is MuggleCast episode 67 for December 10th, 2006. I am very concerned about Eric this week. Me too. Why is that? He was scheduled to be on the show this week, and we cannot find him. He's yeah, gone AWOL. I even drove to his house. It's about an hour and a half from here. I drove there, and uh, he wasn't there. Wait, Andrew, wait. So he was supposed to turn up an hour and 50 minutes ago. You drove there, and it takes an hour and a half, and you're back already. <laughs> That is very uh, well. See, I I have a time turner. Oh damn! Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah really? remember uh, for Halloween I was Harry Potter. Can you tell us how it works? I uh, I don't know no? the Kevin parallel is, universe. Or- Kevin, it's quite a complicated <laughs> premise. You uh you turn it and you go back in time. <laughs> yeah, oh really? It's crazy. Is that what it does? Yeah. Whoa! Bit of a surprise, eh? I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Kevin Stuck. And I'm Laura Thompson. David Yates, director of the fifth Harry Potter film, spoke in a new interview about what direction he's putting the movie in. Yates's prestige has increased in the UK after producing hits such as Sex Traffic and The Girl in the Cafe, but has been questioned why someone who makes gritty, hyper-real, socially conscious films is directing Potter. Producer David Heyman answers that question, saying, Well, this movie is a bit of a revolution. Order of the Phoenix presents Harry with his toughest experiences yet, and that's what Yates is focusing on. He said, I've stretched Dan quite a bit. He's a very intuitive person, very bright, quite sensitive. I'm just helping him wake up those things. You can see his determination and ambition, and he can switch things on a sixpence. So I can't wait for people to see what he's achieving. Forbes has released a list of the top-earning authors of 2006, and J.K. Rowling came in second place. She trailed Dan Brown's $88 million in earnings, pocketing $75 million from the Harry Potter books, movies, and merchandise. Some photos and details of the upcoming Order of the Phoenix action figures were released earlier this week on actionfigure.com. You can see a number of photos over on mugglenet.com, including one depicting Harry along with his Patronus. Wednesday night, Daniel Radcliffe presented for the AFI Awards at the Melbourne Exhibition Centre in Australia, as well as appeared on the Channel 9 Today show discussing his role in December Boys. The interview, which includes clips from his new movie, can be viewed over on MuggleNet.com. 
The Common Knowledge Scholarship Foundation is holding a movie quiz, which includes questions on the Potter films, along with Shrek, Aladdin, Toy Story, and a few others. The contest is based on a series of short, multiple-choice quizzes. You receive 500 points for each correct answer and lose one point for each second taken to complete each question. The person with the most points at the end is the scholarship winner. A $250 scholarship will be awarded to the person who gets the highest combined score on the two quizzes you must take. Wow, did everyone follow that? Finally, J.K. Rowling has donated the handbag that she carried during the premiere of Sorcerer's Stone to raise money for the Women's Fund for Scotland. The bidding closed on December 8th with the handbag raising over $600. That's all the news for this December 10th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Okay, thank you, Micah. I have an update on my Wizard Rock band. Do you have a name for it yet? No, I don't. Hey, well, have you heard the... Uh, there's a very, very simple formula for uh, for making a um, a uh, Harry Potter Wizard Rock band name. You take you take the name of a character, okay? So, for example, mm-hmm. Sirius Black, okay? Then, okay. then the first uh, word is just the first name of the character. Then it's and the, and then you take the last name and add an S onto the end, and there you go. And that's your that's your made up was a drug well thing. what if I was like Neville and the Longbottoms just yeah exactly yeah, it's like that. what about Alberson the Wolfric Dumbledore's? no sorry oh. Alberson the Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore's be that Andrew yeah that'd be awesome I don't know that's a little too long it is quite a little long. too long I'm going for something short but I've actually been getting a couple emails from some uh, audio engineers and some actually some other wizard rock bands that have offered offered their awesome. assistance and um, I'm very appreciative of that however uh, you know, it's my own thing. I just, you know, I just want to do it on my own. Um, I do have an update. Uh, last week I talked about the venues trying to get like into Madison Square Garden, places like that. <laughs> um, I've actually signed on to several venues in the United States. Uh, actually, there's one in Mexico, so I guess I could say the world. And they're all pretty big venues. Uh, Madison Square Garden is one of them. I don't want to reveal any other dates or places because I don't want any other bands uh, booking their concerts around mine because I want it to be sort of like epic, you know, like there's a big build up to it. I don't want like you two doing a show right before. Yeah, you don't, I don't, you don't want you two just, to open yeah. for you, right, Andrew? No, yeah. no, no, just having a concert before you, me. You need a bigger I mean, they could open. Too. I guess I'd be okay. I, no, yeah, it's, Andrew, Andrew, they aren't really popular enough to open for you, you know. You want a big band to open for you. That is yeah, that is true. To be honest, that is true. Um, yeah, and then uh, I'm also I signed a contract with the record label. What record and label? And we will be yeah. What label? Well, I can't say that either. Oh. This is um, I don't. You want can't say much. Other can wizard you? rock bands <laughs> to get the same idea. No, I I can't. I uh, I don't want any of the other wizard rock bands getting the same idea as me. This is sort of this is a big deal to me. I guess I could say there's about 34 venues booked all across the United States. In Mexico, and uh, I guess I could say ticket prices. Four million uh, to minimum. no, no, that's a little high. Two two hundred fifty dollars, and the show is going to be about five minutes long because I only have one single. But I think it's <laughs> going to be worth it if you show up. There will be a, there will be a pre-show. Eric Skull <laughs> will be a part of that. No, no don't and do that. That will be uh, it'll last nine hours. Yeah, that's what it's going to say. Well, then it'll be worth the money. So it'll be like. Twenty dollars an hour or something. Oh, there you go. That's not bad. Though. To that effect, yeah. 
Yeah. Sort of. Uh, so that's that. Uh, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. We are number two right now behind Keith and the Girl. We're doing good. Uh, we sent out a, uh, what are they called on MySpace's uh, bulletins to everyone. That helps us uh, get up in the ranks a little bit. And uh, we ask everyone to vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley. Uh, we're number two beyond Keith and the Girl. Again, I don't understand how they have a better, a bigger fandom, more dedicated fandom than we do. Doesn't make sense because our fans like, are the, the best people listening and to the show. The most are, dedicated. Yeah, so it doesn't really make sense to me. And don't forget your MuggleCast t shirts are going out of sale. Our MuggleCast t shirts are going out of sale very soon. The end of the month. And seriously, you, you need to stock up on these. It's, you know, I use the squirrel example last week. I'm out of new ideas for that, but we encourage everyone but to purchase a MuggleCast t shirt. You don't eat your uh, MuggleCast t shirts. No, but what I said last week was that squirrels, they, like, store up on nuts for the winter. You know yeah. how they do that? Yeah, but we... Yeah. This is like you're storing up on t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, uh, we won't die if if you don't have a MuggleCast t-shirt. Well, yeah, like, how are people supposed to hibernate without their shirts? Yeah, that is a damn good point, Laura. That is a, that is fantastic. Instead of, instead of a coat, buy ten of these. It'll keep you pretty warm, I think. If you yeah, it's gotta be, like, uh, and you'll look awesome story. as well. Yeah, you will look pretty good. Maybe a little big, but you will you will look good in that. And if you can put your arms down, that would be an accomplishment. Yeah, and of course they do help support the show. Yeah. Also, Jamie. Yeah. A book. You guys wrote a book. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, well, <laughs> they think. did, didn't they? Uh, yeah, we wrote a book. <laughs> MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Book Seven. This is from memory. Who dies? Who lives? Who falls in love? <laughs> and how the story finally ends. Is, is that right? It's who lives, who dies, who falls in love, and how yeah. will the adventure find There you go, end? almost. I'm looking and, at the banner ad. And it is available on Amazon.com and from our affiliate, Alevins. So please order it, because it, it is quite a good read, I guess. Um, You've been getting good reviews, and people... Yeah, we, yeah we, we've been, don't, don't we've been getting quite, a, down, yeah. quite good reviews. So yeah, please, uh, it's an awesome Christmas present. It's only $11.00. And uh, I think it's got 280 pages or something on speculation on, you know, stuff like, is Snape good? Uh, mm, is Harry a Horcrux? Stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, buy it and you know, have a very, very Merry Christmas. And what else? Uh, episode 70, don't forget to submit your MuggleCast remixes. There's a lot of announcements this week. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> episode 70, do not forget to submit your MuggleCast remixes. We've been getting a few. Last week, you might remember my Frapper rap. As Eric called it, uh, someone actually put a beat to it, and it actually turned out really good. <laughs> so that will be part of the show, along with my uh, Wizard Rock single. And a happy birthday goes out to Jamie Lawrence here on the show, who turned 20 Thank you. the other day. So, Jamie, what are you Congrats, closer Jamie. to now? Uh, well, I'm, well, there are a few things, Laura. I'm uh, closer to 30 and 10, halfway to 40, a third of the way to 60, a quarter of the way to 80, a fifth of the way to 100. Name your cliche. I'm there now. You know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, and it's not fun, I can tell you that. I tell yeah, you. I know, you, you've really been dreading it. <laughs> oh, I have, I have. I don't want to grow up. I want to I want to be Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. See, I, yeah. It's true, though. He, he must have an awesome know, life. Did, did you have a good birthday? Well, he's not real, but did you have a good oh, birthday? No, he's not. I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have a very good birthday, thank you. What yeah. did you do? Uh, apart from... Uh, well, well, um, I... Um, I went out for lunch with some good friends and had a good time there. And then then my college had their winter ball in the evening, which is like a huge event in college. And it was themed Winter Wonderland. So there were like 
roast chestnuts and mulled wine and like you know stuff like that it was really good and there was a, a and actually there was a bouncy castle but it was it was kind of <laughs> yeah tell the story about this well um it was the, the kind of bouncy castle where um you like race against sort of yeah 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 you race against one other person so you go through the whole entrance uh, jump over the wall over the second wall crawl through the uh, thing and then roll over to dramatic applause at the end you know and then <laughs> hopefully you've won and be the other person but uh, and uh, I was having an awesome time on this so I would, must have been on it 10 15 times and then I came home <clears throat> felt fine went to bed woke up in the morning and had the worst pain ever in my uh, left big toe and I th- I thought I'd broken it I could hardly walk on it it was insane so I uh, called one of my friends and asked him to to drive me to, to the hospital A&E department sorry um, emergency room and uh, even though it wasn't really an emergency but you in know, the hospital or in Durham yeah in Durham yeah and um, okay. and um, <laughs> I was gonna say and yeah so I went there, saw a doctor, got an X-ray, and I haven't broken it. I've just um, sprained the um, ligaments in my sort of lower leg, ankle, and toe. So that's nice. On my birthday as well. It's a good birthday. That's present. like the second time you've injured yeah, yourself. Seriously, <laughs> I know. Seriously, everyone listening, enjoy bouncy castles responsibly. They are not a toy. <laughs> Oh, wait, they are a toy. That might have to be the title of this show. What? Enjoy bouncy castles responsibly. <laughs> no, yeah. seriously, do it, do, and uh, and you know, they they may seem fun at the time, but when you wake up clutching a limb, blinded <laughs> by the pain, un- incapable of speech because of the uh, intense agony, you know, they may n- they may not be so fun then. So, uh, yeah, that's your lesson of the week. <laughs> but yeah, well, I had a good birthday. That. Thank you. Apart from that. And it's your yeah. birthday soon, Laura, as well, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. The big what was it? 18. Uh, I'm going to be old. <laughs> oh, Laura, are you actually joking? Are you actually joking? I'm saying goodbye to my I childhood. I wish I'd say that. I wish I was it's 18 so again. Sad. Yeah, and hello yeah, to yeah. freedom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now that, we, now that we got all the business out of the way, we have a couple of emails. Uh, the first one now is uh, from... Musician 22 of Sweden She writes You had a question about werewolves in the last episode It was claimed that Joe had said werewolves can only be killed by silver bullets This isn't what she said Because of discussions and rumors going around That Remus is going to be killed by the silver hand She commented on her page That she assumes this is based on the old idea That a silver bullet is the only thing Which can kill a werewolf So she doesn't actually say that she's taken this on And uses this rule in the books Where did you guys get your information from that is atrocious that you said that i didn't say it the um, voicemail caller more. said it it, 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 it was a it. voicemail caller right, cool. although we didn't correct the voicemail no. caller but. <laughs> hey that just goes to show i put my complete and utter faith in the voicemail callers in the voicemail well, callers. laura you're naive then <laughs> naive that's what you are if just because if I a trust voicemail the fans, told you to jump off a cliff would you uh would you go ahead and do it and then well if a voicemail told you to go show. jump off a bouncy castle and break your toe would you do it yeah, yeah, I would, which is exactly why I did it. They told me to have a good time on my birthday, so that's what and I look did. look where it yeah. got them, see? <laughs> Lily14 of Texas writes, I have several things to say about the Dementors. For the first thing, I was under the impression that when Dementors breed, Dementors breed that it creates fog, kind of continuing with the theory and an idea that maybe Dementors are created whenever something so terrible happens to a magical creature, and then they choose to become a Dementor rather than keep on living. Another unlikely theory is that whenever anything unhappy happens, the bad memory kind of drips up, 
drifts up into the clouds and then a Dementor is born. These are kind of crazy out there kind of theories, but they were worth a shot. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, that's it. Bad memory drifts up into the clouds. Yeah, but didn't they say that they reproduce? Yeah, they take they they suck the happiness out of the air. I don't know. It just doesn't seem plausible to me. Do you know what that r- reminded me of? That uh, idea, the first idea. Have any of you seen or read it? By yes. Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know when um it only appears when there's a great tragedy like the bombing of a pub or a child mm-hmm. death or something like that. It seems kind of like that, you know, when something bad happens to a, to a magical creature that um you know a dementor's made or something like that. I don't know. Well, it's I always just kind though, of took it took it to mean that anytime something bad was happening, dementors sort of flocked there to feed they bre- they, uh, to feed off feast of the emotion, it, yeah. but not that yeah. not that they're bred from it really. I always thought that they that their breeding was strictly something that they did. Not that was caused by. Uh, imagine seeing Dementors doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be very. Uh... Uh, Andrew. Uh. Nice. Uh. <laughs> uh. Ew, like OMG. Uh, OMG, like oh my god. Man. Okay, th- so thank you, Lily, for that. Anna Faline of fifteen of Sweden. She writes, "Hi, I just realized that we haven't seen one single picture of Draco yet in all the pictures and videos that are here now in reference to uh, Order of the Phoenix film and." Uh, Images. Do you think that means that he'll pl- he'll play a smaller part in Order of the Phoenix? From Anna. And I'm trying to think now if we s- saw any pictures on set. I, I, I mean, obviously really. he's going to have a big role at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what else do you want to see out of him? Oh, when he's <laughs> catching him coming out of the room requirement. Hopefully that's yeah, in the I movie. Hope so too. Yeah, that should be in. That's like, Maybe it's no, just the, um, the fact that he doesn't show up that yeah. often. We haven't seen him. Just specific yeah, parts throughout the book, you know? Yeah. I actually do remember they, they do uh, have a couple pictures of Draco uh, in Umbridge's office when they catch uh, Harry that talking scene, to Sirius in the, the fire. Thing, that scene could that, be either amazing or it could or, be terrible. Yeah. You, you know, the uh, Dumbledore fighting scene. Yeah. Scene. I don't know. I, that's probably the scene I'm most looking forward to. I would love to yeah, see it. Yeah, I love that. I love that scene in the books because yeah. it's, very, it's very powerful. So yeah, I think I think we will be seeing Draco, just maybe not as much in the book. It's interesting though that they haven't really uh, released any pictures of him, but they'll come in due time. Yeah, they do have him. Kelly, twenty six of West Virginia writes, Hello everyone, I'm a new listener to the show, but a long-time Harry Potter fan. As an English teacher, it is so nice to hear young people uh, and people near my age speak intelligently and intuitively about something I find absolutely magical. Well, thank you, Kelly. Well, some young people. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, Jamie and I are consider you old now? Yeah, you can. Now, yeah. We can't call you a teenager. You're not one of the yeah. older folks. No, I, I feel You it. are I one of the it. older folks, I mean. Do you know, do you know what happened the, the other day? Okay, I, I have to tell you a story because I was so annoyed. Okay. okay. I have a locket in college where I can store stuff, okay? Now, I had three items on me. I had my keys, I had my MP3 player, and I had my coat, okay? Now, I went to this locker, okay? And I opened the locker, and I put my coat and my MP3 player um, in there, okay? Then I closed the locker, walked away. Then I realized... I'd left my keys in the locker. So I came back, opened it. Um, I have no idea why I opened it. I took my stuff out, then sort of put it back in and messed about for for, for a second. Um, then I locked it, took my keys and walked away and realized that I was still carrying my coat. So I went back, opened the, uh, opened the locker, um, put my coat in, 
closed it. I don't know what was happening. Walked away, and I was carrying my MP3 player. So, <laughs> so I went back and was really thinking about it this time. And put everything in and walked away. Very, very annoyed that I was getting old. Oh, gee, it only took you four or five times. It's embarrassing, seriously. 20 years old. You have a lot on your mind or something? Huh? I just had stuff on my mind, I guess, you know. I I do hate hate when that happens, too, when you, like, close your locker. See, what is it, a combination locker? No, no, it's just a key locker. Or there's no... Oh. So, oh, you need a key. No, yeah. no, it's a retina like the scan, ones, Andrew. It's a retina. No, scan. no, no, no. The, the ones in my high school—they're they're combo locks. And after you shut it, like accidentally, and then you realize you left something in there. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, nuts. But anyway, let's finish no, this. Rebuttal. Andrew, Andrew, um, these lockers—I keep such important stuff in there. It's a uh, it's a key, a retina scan, a fingerprint scan, and then I uh, <laughs> then it takes a blood sample and has to identify my DNA. Send it to press. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. well, speaking of blood samples, I'm sorry the show's getting off topic. <laughs> there was a blood drive in my school today, and um, did you go? Did Bono no? I couldn't go because I, yes, and I took it, and I'm on a uh, I'm on a uh, natural high twenty four seven. But anyway, <laughs> th- there was a blood drive in school today, and I I I wasn't able to do it because I went to England. And they're afraid now, Jamie. What do you think of this? It really they don't let true? anyone listen. They they don't let you. Uh, uh, do a blood drive um, if you've been in England for a certain amount of time. Why? On, on a trip. So what I reason couldn't. did they get? You were here for about 10 uh, hours. Because you guys have bad cow. <laughs> is that, yeah. Is that it? What, Seriously, because they don't want bad, bad cow. We personally no, all have, you, a, have no, a just, bad cow. Oh, Brit- our cows have British bad cow, people. you mean? Well, apparently... <laughs> well, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Apparently the meat or something... Because I, I had eaten a burger and like... I I checked with them. I said I was only there for three days, and they said, "Well, what you eat, and you know stuff like that." It, and it, you were like, yeah, "Oh yeah, I kept, a, uh, <laughs> I kept a food diary when when I, when I was over. I could yeah. tell you exactly what I ate." Well, I remembered the burger because I didn't like it <laughs> at all. <laughs> that's because it had mad cow. Yeah, probably. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyway, I think that's absolutely ridic- possibly one. If not the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, it's 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 funny, and I I knew you'd probably get a little angry at that. No, but anyway, no I don't mind if they want that. But people say, you know, everyone's short of blood, and they say, and they say like, oh, are you uh, are you under, you know, ha- however many pounds are you over six foot nine? Oh, you can't, oh, you can't give blood then. Are you, you know, if you <laughs> yeah. got blonde hair? Oh, right. you can't give blood then. Black hair? No, you can't right. either. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, so anyway, the reason I'm writing to you is because on the last show there was a discussion on whether or not Percy would give Harry a clue as to how to contact Sirius through the veil and how the meaning of Percy's name in Old French is Pierce the Veil. Just to play the devil's advocate, I thought it would be interesting to point out that Percival is also a middle name of Dumbledore's. I don't think that means that Dumbledore could, quote-unquote, pierce the veil by still being alive or coming back to life, but I thought it was worth mentioning and pondering. Did we ever um, talk on the show about why Dumbledore... Uh, Dumbledore's hand was black. We must have. I'm saying. No, that's like that's, a lot yeah, of people yeah, we have sure in the past. It was uh, yeah. Mean, because some people think that's because he he might have tried to reach into the veil. No, I think I think we established that was a curse. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was. Yeah. Now, before getting into our main discussion this week, we had planned something else for the show. However, uh, we could not get it done due to some technical difficulties. However, Michael, Laura, and Kevin recorded a main discussion earlier today, and here it is now. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, so then there were three. Well, not really one three. One of lesser impo- like importance. Two plus we added one in at the last minute. Of lesser oh, importance. Right. It's kind of like that Oh, thanks, show. Kevin. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting for you to react, but I wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> well, last minute we kind of came up with this idea to talk about uh, traitors and innocents in the books, and uh, particularly how they're going to relate to book seven. Now, I think probably one of the most pertinent questions would be um, if there is a traitor to Harry's cause in book seven, as there has been in every other book, who's it going to be? Is it going to be someone that we've known since the beginning of the series, or is it going to be a relatively new character? Well, I mean, right now, I think we... I think I thought you were going to say it. Um, we're not really sure if Snape is a traitor yet. So, it could right. be a trend. But we're not really sure. I guess you could kind of look at it as being someone that Harry believed to be a traitor at the time. Like, I guess Snape could turn out to be the one who is actually innocent in book seven, if you know what I'm saying. But, Mikey, you kind of had an idea of how we could look at this and kind of decipher how it would come out. Yeah, I thought it would be a good idea to sort of go book by book and look at the people who were traitors and see if Harry actually knew them beforehand or if they just came into play in that particular book. And I thought that would give us a better idea of whether maybe in book seven it would be somebody that we knew or if it would be a relatively new character. So, okay, well, I, I mean, guess let's start with Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, he didn't really know Quirrell. I mean, he met him in the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah, it was. Uh, although it was the first. It was the uh, it first was the book. First so, book exactly. Of course, it's going to be a new, newer character because everyone's just getting introduced. But it just seemed. I don't know. He. Uh, yeah, but again, if you. I mean, if you think about it. Ginny wasn't exactly someone he knew particularly well when, I mean, her betrayal was unintentional. She was briefly mentioned in Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, she was briefly mentioned, and Harry didn't really pay all that much mind in the book. And obviously he thought Peter Pettigrew was dead, so he didn't know him either. He didn't know um, the imposter Moody, Crouch Jr., however you want to look at it, or Marietta Edgecombe. The only person he really knew was Snape. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, in Prisoner of Azkaban, Scabbers is really the one who betrayed him. When you think about Scabbers was definitely mentioned in the first two books. Yeah. And I think Marietta Edgecombe probably got a couple of mentions before Order of the Phoenix. I think really the only one would have to be Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I think so too. Where it's a brand new character that's brought in. I mean... There may have been mention of Mad-Eye Moody, but obviously it wasn't Mad-Eye Moody. Right, right. And I don't think um, Barty Crouch Jr. gets mentioned in any of the first three books. No, I don't think so either. So I think that's the, the really the first but, book where we get a traitor that's... But do you um, think it's it's her intention to do that, or do you think it's just... It seems to me like... See, I'm not sure it's she's trying of, to create a pattern. Exactly. It seems like it's just overanalyzing the fact that people are being betrayed but at the same time it you know it's not necessarily because they're a new character or an old character it's just yeah i think it i think there was just kind of a point to establishing that in every book there's been one character who harry either thought was innocent or he didn't even really regard as being someone who would do something evil and one character who he believed had done something wrong but really hadn't i don't really think it has anything to do with you know how well he knew them or anything. Yeah, and but I mean, kind of- it sort of goes with the theme of you know the dark theme of the Harry Potter books, or at least where right. they're going, because you really don't know who's going to betray you. 
And you yeah, know there's going to be betrayal in this story, so... Oh, obviously. And, I mean, Dumbledore was pretty insistent that Harry only tell Ron and Hermione about the prophecy and stuff, so do you think that he suspects someone close to Harry is feeding information to Voldemort, like one of his friends, a teacher, someone in the Order? Well, it's possible that, or you have to remember that the more people you talk to... The more people, people are that can be manipulated, exactly, or exposed to it. I mean, if you're if you talk to two people, as opposed to five, there's less likelihood of someone overhearing you or some mistake happening where, you know, oops, it got out. And especially with that information, it's so it's so pivotal to his cause that if that got out, it would be devastating yeah so why can't harry tell jenny though no why can he only tell ron and hermione i think because dumbledore has seen the level of trust that harry has had in them throughout the first six books or you know five and three quarters i guess if you want to mark off where he kicked the bucket but (laughs) i i really think that that's what it has to do with the fact that they put so much trust in him and he put so much trust in them I think it has a lot also to do with what Kevin said. The more people that become aware of what's going on and know the facts, the greater opportunity is for that information to leak out to the wrong people. And as far as Ginny is concerned, you know, she's already been possessed by Voldemort once. Perhaps Dumbledore doesn't want to take any risks. Actually, we've gotten a few rebuttals and a few suggestions from people um, who have pointed out that in the in Chamber of Secrets, Tom Riddle said that it got to the point where he was able to start pouring bits of his soul back into Ginny. And a lot of people think that this could constitute her being a horcrux. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I think there's always the possibility that she's still vulnerable. I mean, if he ever it, tried to possess her, I think her she again. may be a little vulnerable just because of that experience. But the the theory that he poured bits of his soul back into Ginny, I always interpreted that as he was gaining control over her, like replacing her with him, kind of. Yeah, but I always kind of took it as he was giving her. It just seems parts of his soul to keep her alive. It just seems so draining. Her. Yeah, it just seems so far fetched to have her come into the story again in that sense. You know what I mean? I always now that we know that Harry likes her and she likes Harry, I I sort of thought that it it was going to be more of a supportive role and not a vital role in the sense of you know I'm going to screw up what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that... I don't think... I don't know. Because I, mean, I don't what, think that she would try to screw him up intentionally. Yeah, it, well, not intentionally, but it just seems like it's redundant to have her once again be the, you know, the yeah. uh, unintentional bad guy. Yeah, but then look at Snape. I mean... Harry thought all along in the first book that he was a bad guy, and then he well, thinks he's, again in the sixth book. Well, every he is. but with Snape, it's different because he's always he's always viewed Snape as a bad person, you know. And yeah, whereas true. Ginny is one of the good guys, definitively one of the good guys, you know. Yeah, but I mean to kind of get, I mean, I should say good girls. Because, I don't know. 
I have one thing to say, though, about Ginny, though, before we move on, related to that whole Chamber of Secrets uh, passage that you mentioned before. I always thought that that had to do specifically with the diary Horcrux, and that when he was pouring bits of his soul into her, that that was all tied into that particular Horcrux. So that yeah, me too. It yeah, was that, destroyed. It destroyed that any Maybe it that destroyed that too. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't mm, think that she's going to sort of reemerge as a Horcrux. And the thing is also Dumbledore, for as great as his mistakes are, or so he claims them, I think that he was pretty specific in his listing of Horcruxes and that he did a fair bit of research before he went to Harry and said, these are what I think the remaining Horcruxes are. And I think this is where you need to base your focus. I don't think we're going to have sort of this unbelievable Horcrux come out at the end, such as Ginny. Well, I I get where you're coming from when you say that if that Horcrux was destroyed, anything that was left in Ginny might be too. But if you'll remember, Voldemort was using Quirrell as a host. And when Quirrell died, Voldemort fled his body. And Ginny's still alive. So if there were any remnants of Voldemort's soul in her, they could very well be parasites, almost. It's definitely possible, but I don't... I guess she was used as a traitor once, so to speak, and I don't see her getting reused as a traitor again. Again, I see Book 7 as a very big quest, so to speak, and I don't see, in the end, Harry fighting the final battle and having somebody that he's known for so long become this traitor in his myths. I just don't see it happening that way. Plus, what happened in... I think it was one of Joe's interviews. She said that really, as far as new characters were concerned, and this kind of goes back to asking the question about, you know, would it be a new character that we meet in book seven that becomes a traitor to Harry? I thought she said we were pretty limited on the new characters that we were going to be introduced to. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like that, especially when you say that, I mean, if there is someone who betrays Harry in book seven, I mean, there's gotta be, it's gotta be someone he knows. And I've seen a lot of people who honestly think it would be kind of a cool twist if Ginny turned out to be a traitor intentionally. I think that would be very sad, but a lot of people think it'd be cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to think that that would actually be the case. But I don't know if there's enough room for that sort of backstory. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, the fact that she would have been a traitor for all this time, you would need a ton of backstory to sort of go back and retrace the steps that she's taken throughout the series to sort of put Harry in a compromising position. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, I mean, I always kind of wondered if there's something we're going to learn about Ginny because there's obviously something pretty special about her. I mean, she's the only Weasley or the only girl born to the Weasley family in what, seven generations? She's the seventh daughter. So I think there's something definitely... Seventh child. Or seventh. Oh, seventh child and only daughter, right? I don't know. I just thought that there could be something a little bit different about her. I think that at any rate, even if she wasn't a traitor, she would be someone that Voldemort would like to have on his side. She's a pureblood. Yeah, she's a pureblood and she's powerful. But kind of moving along, I've yeah, seen a lot of Yeah, we're done with Jenny. Yeah. That's <laughs> the end. Over. Sorry. 
<laughs> oh, and just so that everyone can know, Kevin's in the bathroom. See, he just keeps getting busier and busier. He's so much better than we are. But um, a lot of people seem to think that McGonagall could be a traitor. And they think this because of how flustered she got at the end of Half-Blood Prince. Like no. when. Why no? Why do you say that? <laughs> I know I can't say that the head of Gryffindor House is a traitor. Come She's on, She's not the heir. Did no. you say she was the heir of Gryffindor? Did I? I meant head. Oh, okay. Head of like, Gryffindor House. Well, I thought that's what I said. Why not? Maybe I didn't. Why not? Why couldn't the head of Gryffindor House be evil? Peter Pettigrew. That's was a in bad Gryffindor? reason. That's a bad reason. I I don't see her as. <laughs> As a traitor, she just doesn't strike me as a type. I think the reason that she was so flustered that Harry wouldn't share information with her is probably because that she wanted to do as much as she possibly could to help him out and to try and figure out what her next step was going to be now that she's the head of this school. And she can't because he's not giving up any information. But Dumbledore was very specific. Yeah, I mean, I think so, I think so too. But I mean... Why would he? I don't know. I mean, I'm. I think that what you and Kevin said was right about the more people you tell, the higher chance you have of, you know, getting out, someone being manipulated. But at the same time, I think that Dumbledore doesn't like to keep information from people who need it. Right. And I don't think he would do that for no good reason. I think that there's got to be someone that he's kind of suspicious of. And it could be a teacher. It could be a member of the order. I mean, who do you think is most likely? Uh, that's such a hard question. I, I don't know really what the qualifications are for somebody to be in the order. I mean, obviously, it has to do with Dumbledore assessing that person and saying to himself that he has enough trust in this person. And maybe it's something that that individual or group of individuals has done in the past to sort of warrant his trust. I mean... We don't 100% still know why he trusted Snape. Um, that's still a big mystery. But as far as trusting McGonagall... I- really? I thought we knew why he trusted Snape. Why is that? Because Snape showed remorse. When? Over Lily and James' death. How so? He came to... Didn't he come to Dumbledore? It seems like I don't remember specifically what happened. I can't remember. All I remember is Harry getting really, really ticked off and... Uh, when he found out that it was Snape that had been the spy in the in the Hogshead that night, and it almost seems like Dumbledore had um, kind of gathered his trust in him because, out of his remorse for what he had done, he turned spy for the Order. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that I believe that that's the ultimate reason why the he trusts. Reason, but you think he might have done something else? Yeah, I think there's something else that we don't know that ties the two of them together as to why he puts so much trust in Snape. Right. I think there has to be a much bigger reason. Um, but kind of going back to the whole is there somebody out there that Dumbledore didn't trust? Uh, it's possible, but I'm not quite sure who is feeding him uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at it this way. The Order was infiltrated the first time by Pettigrew. Do you think it's being infiltrated again? I think it's I think it's a great possibility. I mean, I'm not sure who it would be. I'm not I mean, everyone seems so great, you know, we've 
gotten to know these characters, I mean, most of the people in the Order that are very important, we've seen in the books at least since book three. So it's really hard to kind of, you know, put put your finger on who would be the traitor. Um, it just seems more likely to me that it's someone like a teacher or an order member than a student. You know, it's it's more likely to be one of them than the same. Well, say, it's very hard Jane. for a student to obtain any type of information to pass along. And it's not going to be Hermione. It's not going to be Ron. So and no. those are the two people that are closest to Harry that have any sort of information. So I think, like you said, if it's a, somebody is passing along information, it is a teacher or it is a member of the order. But, I mean, we haven't yet seen any instance where Voldemort has used information that we wouldn't expect him to know. And obviously he was absent completely during Half-Blood Prince, so we don't know if it's possible he was acting on information during that book. Um, I just... uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was I just. I was just going. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, I mean, students are just as likely for as teachers to be spies to betray. In the sense that, who is going to have access to Harry other than students that are around him? Yeah, but that kind of goes back to the whole debate of whether Harry will be at Hogwarts in Book Seven. True, but it also. Do you think? If Harry's not at Hogwarts, will Ron and Hermione be at Hogwarts? No, I think that Ron and Hermione are going to go with Harry wherever he goes. They said they would. Because it just seems like if... It seems to me that anyone is likely to be someone who could be potentially, you know, turned to Voldemort's side, whether it be a teacher or a student. Draco proved that it was fairly easy for a student to infiltrate the school. So, I mean, I'm sure that a student could be a traitor. I'm just not sure who it would be. You know, because you think about the people that Harry really has instilled the most trust in throughout the series. And, of course, that's Ron and Hermione. And the next people down the totem pole would be Ginny, Neville, and Luna. And I just don't see any of them as being evil. Well, what if you look at it the reverse way, though? I mean... What if Dumbledore said to only tell those two people? Because obviously the more people that know it, um, the greater chance it has of leaking out. But what about the greater number of people who know it, the more risk is exposed to those people. So, I mean, that means the greater number of people that Voldemort could potentially torture until they released information. Right, right. I think it's kind of a general threat. I mean, I don't think it's just because there's a traitor or it's just because there's a threat to the people that know, but I think it's just kind of Dumbledore saying, this is dangerous for you to tell, it's dangerous for you, it's dangerous for the people who know it, and it's dangerous because of who could find out, right? Yeah, Um, well, it it makes sense that he was thinking about the safety of the people who Harry was telling this information too, but you have to remember that I mean Voldemort knows that Harry has it's he it just seems as though it's sort of um going to large lengths to get Ron or Hermione would be useless when he could just go directly for Harry. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because why would he bother infiltrating the school in that sense if he knows that Harry has the information? It doesn't really matter what the information is. If he can get his hands on Harry, it doesn't, you know. You know, though, I think it's kind of gotten to a point where Voldemort, I mean, it's not just about killing Harry. (laughs) I think that he enjoys torturing people. Yeah. Well, of course, but it just, uh, just seems like it would be a bad judgment call Voldemort wise to you know go try to he hasn't exactly presented the best judgment true (laughs) well the other thing that I was going to bring up was you know you mentioned how Dumbledore told Harry not to tell anybody other than those two and it's a lot of different things it was the prophecy it was also all the horcruxes again the more information that gets out especially related to the horcruxes if he goes and tells the ministry, the ministry is going to start looking all over the place for these horcruxes. Voldemort can easily find out about it if they, say, print it in the Daily Prophet. And then he's running to go save all of these things and make sure that there's no possible way of them being destroyed. Right, but but all I was saying was that I don't think it's um, Dumbledore asked Harry not to tell anyone but Harry or Hermione and Ron because of their safety. I think he asked him just for that reason, for the fact that you don't... The more people who know, the more likely it is that someone's going to let something slip or, you know, someone else is going to overhear them or, you know, it it just seems as though if he was truly concerned for their safety he would be more worried about Harry's safety because he's the one who knows the information in the first place. Let's kind of consider what would happen if it did get out. Well, I just told you, I think. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I'm saying it would be kind of a race against time, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I mean, Voldemort would go defensive without doubt. Do you think that that could play a role in book seven? I mean, do you think that somehow Harry could slip up? I've always I've always thought that in book seven, what was going to happen is that it was going to come down to like a final conflict between Voldemort and Harry without Voldemort knowing that Harry destroyed the Horcruxes. Right. And, I mean, it is possible that Voldemort will find out that they were destroyed, but I've always seen it to be like, that would be like the perfect ending to see how Voldemort reacted to find out that he was facing Harry not only on even ground, but his, you know, backup plan was foiled by Harry. Was foiled, yeah. You know, beforehand. What if you... There are a... Sorry, Micah, go ahead. What do you think would happen if, you know, the Daily Prophet came out with the headline, Tom Riddle exposed, and they told the whole story of how Lord Voldemort was actually nothing but a mere half-blood? Um... (laughs) I think <laughs> I think he'd be kind of taked off. <laughs> to say no, the I, least. I. But is that really? That's. Is that really? Uh... No, no, it wasn't supposed to be a serious. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> question. I was kind of wondering what that had to do. Yeah, with I was. I was like, okay. A little thrown off by your humor there, Micah. Do you think? There are a lot of people who think that there's a possibility that R.A.B. could still be alive, that he's not actually dead. And if he is, obviously he knows about the Horcruxes. Could that be a potential See, danger to him? No, I don't think that would be a danger. I mean, R.A.B. obviously had a, uh, had a, 
what do you call it, conflict of interest with Voldemort. Yeah, but how do we know that that conflict of interest is the same conflict Harry has well, with him? Well, whether or not it is, it's quite apparent that R.A.B. isn't uh, all that happy with Voldemort, and, you know, what he, you know, it's not as though, it's not as though R.A.B. would be, for you know, trying to hinder Harry. Because they they have the same goal. I mean, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Or the question is, is the enemy of your enemy your friend? I, I guess I just kind of see that there's the possibility that they could be in it for different reasons. Well, like I said, I mean, they could... Maybe they have different reasons behind it, but it doesn't change the fact that they both are not... Want to... You know, yeah, I guess... I'm not quite sure I understand the question about R.A.B. You mean if he's alive in book seven, do you think he's going to yes. sort of help Harry out? or Yeah, would Harry team up with him or would he be kind of a hindrance? I've always thought that R.A.B. was going to come into play. She obviously mentioned him for a reason and got everyone curious about it. Um, I've always thought that he was going to come into play in the sense of Harry trying to find the Horcruxes because he obviously had access to them and at least had a decent idea of where a bunch of them were. So it just seemed to me as though he's probably not going to end up being alive but end up being, you know, coming back. in the. So Harry's going to have to go back and learn about R.A.B. Exactly. And see, and kinda, yeah. learn about his whereabouts because... Obviously, he had access to the Horcruxes, so if he had access, then, you know, what a better way to find them than backtrace the steps of R.E.B.? I think that pretty much kills the whole traitor thing, but kind of moving on to who will be innocent in Book 7. I mean, we know that Wormtail owes a life debt to Harry. Uh, I don't think that's going to make him innocent, though. No, but I'm not talking about literally innocent. When I say innocent, I mean... Will not harm Harry. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, for instance, like, Harry believed in Order of the Phoenix that Umbridge was, you know, he believed for a short period of time that she was working with Voldemort because his scar hurt when he was near her. Well, hey, Laura, I have an idea. But she turned out to be... Why don't we go through the people (laughs) who Harry thought was (laughs) treacherous, but it turned out, in fact, to be innocent. In the book so okay, far, okay, Micah. Why don't you, Why don't you go through those for us? <laughs> no, I think you do a far better job. You did a great job with all the trainers. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Micah Tan Mom hates me. No, okay, no. well, yes. Well, we know but... that obviously. <laughs> we know that in Sorcerer's Stone, Harry definitely thought that Snape was a bad guy. I mean, there was really no doubt about it. He thought that Snape was trying to kill him um in chamber of secrets he thought that hagrid he he actually believed that hagrid had set loose the monster that killed moaning myrtle and uh anyone else want to jump in here sure and uh obviously as he suggests me jumping in (laughs) no a prisoner of azkaban uh he definitely thought that sirius was the one who was responsible for killing his parents and 
At the end, he finds out that that is, in fact, not true. And then in Goblet of Fire, Igor Karkaroff, Harry thought that he had put his name into the Goblet of Fire. Kevin, would you like to do the last two books? Well, actually, Laura already touched on so Order cordial. of the Phoenix. So yeah, Order of the all Phoenix. All you have to do is have Blood Prince. Yes. Or, okay, so Order of the Phoenix, obviously, there was Umbridge because uh, she was miserable to Harry. And then, of course, Half-Blood Prince, there was Draco. So Well, I don't know. Was he proven innocent? It's not talking about them being, like, innocent, completely innocent. It's talking about things that kind of preconceived notions that Harry had about them that turned out to be false. Like, he always believed Draco would probably... I always got the impression he thought Draco would grow up to be a killer and a Death Eater like his dad. But here he is. He can't kill Dumbledore, no matter how much he hates him. He can't do it. And think about all the muggles that his father has tortured. Um, so it's not really talking about someone being innocent. It's talking but about do you think Harry's line, thoughts about them question being wrong. Here, would Draco even have enough hate within himself to kill Dumbledore, even if he tried? No. Like, say he's there and so. he makes the conscious decision to, to do it. Because I think Joe proved to us, based upon that whole scene, that no matter what, Draco wasn't going to be able to do it. But say he was he was of the conscious mind to be able to do it. Do you think he could have filled himself with enough hate? I just don't see him being able to do that. You mean that. to cast the curse? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think so either. Um, I think that one of the only people, and this is kind of coming from the viewpoint that Draco's going to turn out to be, you know, a more of a, a better character than a lot of people expected him to be. I think one of the only people he could ever build up enough hatred to kill would be his father. Oh, yeah, but that's... Because... Oh, to kill his father. I mean, Lucius has been awful to him. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, who's been the worst to him in all these books? His dad. That's interesting. Do you think... Is it a possibility that, say, Draco could kill Lucius? I don't think he could... Well, I think it's pretty clear that yeah, I think Draco so too, but... would have difficulty killing anyone. Whether or not he... Especially his own father. It's... I don't know. I, I think that... I don't know. I think it's a long stretch because... Stop being wishy-washy, Kevin. <laughs> but, Be definitive. No, I don't think so. I don't think he could kill even his father, especially his father, just because it would be killing his own family. Do you think that, I mean, kind of going back to Wormtail here, and this is, you know, again, stating that just because Wormtail comp- completes um, his life debt to Harry doesn't make him an innocent person, but... It makes him the performer of a good deed, and whether or not that is sincere... He's not a performer of a good deed, because exactly of what you just said, Wormtail would never be sincere in what he was doing, so I don't necessarily know if that would allow for him to truly be performing a decent act. So do you think that to complete a life debt, it has to be... you have to mean it? I don't necessarily know that. I just think he would do it because in some way he was obligated to do it. And he only does what I think he needs to do and puts him in a better position. Obviously, this is going to put him in a very conflicted position because he's going to have to do something against somebody he sees as having more power. Or not necessarily have to do something. He may accidentally do it. He could choose not, or he could choose not to do something. But would that Which mean his life, though, 
in this case because he owes Harry something. Yeah, he owes Harry, but I don't think just because he owes someone, he's going to change his nature, and his nature has always been to survive. So he's he's probably going to help Harry, but you know, I don't see him. But not because sticking he wants his neck to. out on a line to do right. it, you know, he's going. He may, you know, choose to maybe skew some information given to Voldemort or something that will result in benefits to Harry. But I don't see. I don't know. He seems like it would be changing his nature I don't know. to I'm do that. I'm pretty sure it did. It was either Lupin or Sirius that said that it was a life debt. Because Harry chose to save his life. Yeah, I mean, he has to do it. Doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't have to want to, but <laughs> I think now, he has so, to do it. So you think that maybe a life debt can only be repaid by another... Well, I mean, like say the a saving of his life? Well... Because that is know, a common really... theme within, I know, a yeah. lot of mythology and stuff like that, where if you save someone's life, it's expected that... And they well, will I've save your of, life in return. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered, though, if maybe in Harry Potter, if a life debt, once it's there, it just sort of happens. Like, no one really intends for it to happen, but because it's there, oh, and because maybe. it must be completed... It's sort it, of like a... It's like they don't have any control over it. Like, something they do will inevitably repay their debt. It's you know possible. Yeah, I I've mean, always kind of wondered if it was that way. I, I always, I always thought of it like he would have to consciously make an effort to do so, because what is, you know, are you really saving that? Are you really paying back a debt if you don't consciously? Yeah, but what happens it? if you don't pay back a life debt? I mean, it kind of goes along the same lines as an unbreakable vow. How long do you have to do it before something happens to you as a consequence? I don't know. Let's call Joe. I don't know. It, yeah. Yeah, let's just call her up right now and ask her. By the way, what's yeah, title speaking of her, seven? Joe, come on. Update your site, please. <laughs> it's been it's been since October 31st. This is getting a little out of hand. You're going to become the next fan site. <laughs> Micah doesn't have a web page. <laughs> I think someone should make Micah a webpage. No, I don't think that should be included should make, in the show. Either. Someone should make someone should make Micah a fan site. Okay, anyway. Um who if you had to pick a couple of select characters from the quote unquote dark side, who do you think would be the most likely to help Harry? Aside from like Draco and Snape. I don't th- I don't think there's currently a character that I would see turning good. What do you think about Narcissa, from... though? Like, what if she had to do something to save Draco? Oh, if if it was to save Draco, sure. But be, beyond that, she's an evil person all the same. I mean, she loves her son, but that doesn't mean that she's not the pers- the type of person who can easily kill someone, well... you know? It's one thing when it's family at risk, but when she's going out and killing people, I don't think she really feels much remorse. Have we ever seen her kill anyone, though? No, but it's sort of... I think it sort of runs in the uh, profession, no? Yeah, I guess. I she just is, always kind of... 
Although, I guess she's not technically a Death Eater, is she? I don't think she is. So, I don't, I don't know. She the pledge <laughs> to be a Death Eater? I mean, I think that... I think she thinks Voldemort has the right idea until it comes to the point where it's Indeed, kind yeah. of to the the detriment of her son's life. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think of, of her sort of being made an example of? Because if you look to what happened at the end of Half-Blood Prince, Draco really didn't complete his mission as Voldemort set out. Snape was the one who completed it for him. So is that going to bear a consequence? Yeah, but... I think she, uh, I don't really think so. I think that Voldemort will let Draco know that he's not satisfied, but in his own way, we can't say what he's going to do. I think Draco would kind of be made into a joke, you know? Yeah, I think so too. But I don't think Voldemort cares either way because it got done. Yeah. So, you know, whether it was Draco or not, I don't think he truly cares. Why would he care? You know, Draco is just another pawn in his Right. Well, I agree you know, with you chess because game. I think if you look at it, what happened, he set him on an impossible mission, something that he would right. never have been able to accomplish against somebody like Dumbledore. Well, the point in, yeah, the point in that was that he was going to kill him if he didn't complete it and that was his way of punishing Lucius. I foresee right. something happening there. I think somebody in that family will be made an example of and it will cause the others to really re- Rebel. reconsider their alliance. Yeah, that that is a be interesting. Pretty, yeah, interesting theory. Right, I think we pretty much discussed the death out of this, but I mean, is, does anyone have any last thoughts? Well, oh, we've killed we, that discussion. <laughs> we've killed Snape. Yeah. <laughs> Forget having him die in book seven. We did it. Jeez. It's where you're supposed to laugh. Ha 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 ha. You remember this whole rule about even if it's the lamest joke ever, you're supposed to laugh anyway? Yeah, I don't follow that rule. I ignore that yeah. rule. Yeah. <laughs> Does not apply to us. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps things up. So uh, we're going to head out. <laughs> we're going to transition. Yes, transition to. Transition back so, into. Um, yeah, so what. What's happening is Jamie is coughing up that nut that he <laughs> choked on. Um, Andrew's laptop suddenly decided to reboot and is now stable. And what about me? And um, Micah, your computer's going to have a problem. <laughs> I, I foresee oh, that's your old. Com- that's old. Yeah, you got to come up with something. More <laughs> yeah, creative. that's true. Okay, um, a pickup truck is going to go through the front of your house. Okay, thank you, Micah, Laura, and Kevin. Uh, Jamie, can you please... Uh, Grace us with some Dumbledore and Chuck Norris yeah, facts first. I only have a few. Um, That's fine. Okay. Dumbledore puts the laughter in slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, have you ever seen that shirt? That makes sense. It says, um, you can't have manslaughter without laughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a yeah, t-shirt hell yeah. shirt. <laughs> they made a Dumbledore-flavored Bertie Bots every flavor bean so that people could taste power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. I mean... This week they aren't really Harry Potter driven. They're just you know, awesome, you know, <laughs> expressing uh-huh. his awesomeness. Dumbledore is not politically correct. He is just correct always. <laughs> True. He's D- Dumbledore correct. Yeah, yeah. Dumbledore's IQ can be expressed simply as a sideways eight. What does that mean? Infinity. Yeah, infinity. Oh, it doesn't. 
Which reminds oh, me. You didn't know what that meant? <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm not oh, in. Oh, boy. I'm not in what class are you taking right now? You don't need to be Oh, I'm done class. with uh, differentials. <laughs> yeah, differential equations. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I don't really have any more. That's it? Yeah, I'll get some more for next week. Kevin, I have a joke for you. Tell me if you get it. Okay, there are two cats on a roof. Which one falls off first? The one with the lowest mu. <laughs> I get it. I thought that was funny. Okay, I guess math. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's actually point. physics. It's a uh, oh. what is it? Math. Coefficient of friction. Physics. Yes. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> wow. wow, nice. It, it, Andrew doesn't get it. <laughs> no. just, no, you no. will get it though, Andrew. You will get. it. I didn't get it either. I want to try to think up. I want to try to think up my own Dumbledore Norris yeah. joke. I have to email that guy who did the ones last week because they were awesome. Uh, because he said ask him he, to make some, write some more up. up. Yeah, exactly. I'm asking uh, yeah. to make some more up. I thought that pretty good. Dumbledore doesn't use cell phones. He uses no, no. Cell phones use Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you could say that. The Dumbledore doesn't use the easy button. The easy button uses Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. That's slower by the press. I swear. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got one. <laughs> Dumbledore doesn't fire... Yeah, Dumbledore doesn't fire Trump. Trump fires Dumbledore. <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even a Dumbledore joke. That's a Trump joke. That's a Trump joke, joke. yeah. Yeah, I just used it because I have a Trump sound effect. <laughs> that was easy. But anyway, that was easy. We have uh, two other emails now, and then we'll wrap up the show. Donna5051 of Sacramento, California writes, I'm proud to say I'm a listener and a big Harry Potter fan. I turned 51 on Thanksgiving, and I'm sure I'm not even close to the oldest fan. I have a retired friend who took the first Harry Potter book on vacation. She ended up buying more HP books and spent most of her H- vacation reading. Go, Joe. This is in response to Robin's challenge. I also have one uh, for, for Robin's challenge after you've... Do you? Yeah. After you've done All right, and we... We have one more from Anna, 35, of South Florida, who writes, Hi, since Thanksgiving, I've been a little behind listening to the podcast, so I'm just listening to number 65. On it, you have a lady asking mature listeners uh, and Harry Potter fans to show themselves. So here it is. I don't know about mature, but I am 35 and a huge Harry Potter fan. I don't have kids yet, so it's all me. No excuses why I am a fan. I just love the books and movies. My husband, 39, is also a fan, but I'm definitely the more committed and obsessed of the two. Keep up the good work. Love listening to you guys and live... Long live Harry Potter fans. Oh, that's nice. From Anna. Yeah. Thank you, Anna and Donna. And I've got one from... Okay. I've got one from Lee, who is 32, from Huddersfield in West Yorkshire, England. He writes, Hi, Jamie. After listening to Robin coming out of the closet on episode 65, I decided to do the same. I am, quote, only, end quote, 32, and have, but have been a... Mugglecast lurker since around episode 15. I have to say that I agree 100% with Robin about you guys. Your professionalism, your production quality, and your passion for what you do is amazing and completely beyond almost anything else in the podcast land. Oh yes, it, it is a real place. Thank you very much. On a side note, I used to make TV programs for ITV and the BBC. Those are two television oh, wow. channels here, in case people didn't know. And I really reckon that you guys would put the current crop of big name producers to shame. And he attaches an awesome photo of himself wearing his... Mugglecast t-shirt in front of Olnick. Is that how you pronounce it? I can't remember. Olnick Castle, um, which is where they filmed a great deal of the Harry Potter scenes, especially the right, sort right. of bigger uh, Hogwarts scenes. And I've also got to thank Lee for this week's joke, which will be coming up soon. I, I really appreciate uh, emails like that where yeah, people compliment really, really us nice. on just the professionalism nice. and stuff. I, you know... They have honest. no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the edited show comes off very uh, more professional than it sounds when it's recorded. Yeah, it, <laughs> certainly, it certainly does. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, all right, so uh, Jamie, you wanna go uh, ahead with that joke? Okay, now? okay. This is a bit political. It's not really political, but uh, yeah. By telling this joke, we aren't claiming to be any, you know, political affiliation. It's just take it for what you will, basically. Before the 2001 inauguration of George Bush, he was invited to get a, to a get acquainted tour of the White House. After drinking several glasses of iced tea, he asked Bill Clinton if he could use his personal bathroom. When he entered Clinton's private toilet, he was astonished to see that President Clinton had a solid gold urinal. That afternoon, George told his wife, Laura, about the urinal. Just think, he said, when I am president, I could have a gold urinal too. But... I wouldn't do anything that self-indulgent. Later, when Laura had lunch with Hillary at her tour of the White House, she told Hillary how impressed George had been at his discovery of the fact that, in the president's private bathroom, the president had a gold urinal. That evening, when Bill and Hillary were getting ready for bed, Hillary smiled and said to Bill, I found out who peed in your saxophone. (laughs) 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 Oh, jeez. Good stuff. Thank you, Lee. Good stuff. And lastly this week, I have an update on our listener challenge, the McDonald's listener challenge. I have the winner of the McDonald's, Muggercast and McDonald's Month promotion on the show. The winner is, drumroll please, Danny, 18 of South Hadley, Massachusetts, won the challenge. So congrats to her. She took um, a picture... With she took a few pictures at different uh, McDonald's locations, I guess in her area, and one of them really got me. It's the entire uh, McDonald's staff <laughs> behind the counter holding the Muggle Guest line, and it just amuses me so much because all McDonald's stopped for that picture. <laughs> so yeah. the entire her economy for that. ground to a halt for that photo. Yeah, McDonald's <laughs> lost like four fifty dollars on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or that. So that does wrap up MuggleCast sixty-seven. Uh, as a side note. Uh, our holiday edition and our New Year's edition episodes are coming up. We have some good stuff planned for them. Of course, epi- uh, of course, episode seventy is going to be uh, the variety show. We're also, I think, guys, we're going to be doing uh, a year in review like we did last year. Think that might be a good yeah, idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. All right. Uh, so we'll do that Christmas show. I'm I'm sure we'll be doing something special like we did last year. Uh, so definitely look forward to those. If you would like to contact us, you could also you could always visit mongocast.com where there's a handy feedback form to contact any of us. You can also send stuff to the P.O. Box. I know, I know, it's Christmas I know, time. I know, I know. P.O. Send your cookies. Andrew, it so is uh, P.O. Box 223, Moundridge, California. W159. <laughs> Kansas. I don't know the rest of it. I don't know the rest of it. Uh, I actually Kansas, thought you California. might actually have. I almost yeah, got Moundridge. it. You got it. Pretty much. Yeah. P.O. Box two two three, Mountain Ridge, Kansas six seven one zero seven. Oh, did I say California? Yeah. Yes, you did. Sorry, (laughs) thought you did that as a joke. Oh no, (laughs) I thought so too. I mean, yes, I did. If you're in the United States, you know, we're gonna have a contest one day, um, where the winner will receive Jamie's map. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I'm I'm debating whether it's gonna be that or we're gonna print that on on a T-shirt. Because we could get away with that. No one could stop us from selling that. <laughs> um, so if you're in the United States, you can always call one two one eight twenty magic That's 62442. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-8144-0677. If you're in Australia, you can dial 8- 028003-5668. 
uh, any of those numbers, you can leave us a voicemail on. You can also Skype the username MagoCast to leave a voicemail. Just try to keep your question about 30 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible. Um, and also, one last plug. Don't forget all of our community outlets, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Rapper, Last.fm, Fanless Conforms. The song I did last week. Actually. Very nice. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be my next single, actually. <laughs> and um, please, be our MySpace friend. We're, we almost have 4,000 friends on MySpace. And probably by the time this episode is out, we will have 4,000 Four million. Friends. Yeah, we, our goal is a million. Uh, we have about so awesome. six and a half million listeners, so that's one yeah, in every six. You one know? every six, that's okay. Yeah, we that's, can do that. It's not bad. It's okay. What? Well, uh, so once again, yeah, yeah. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Kevin Stuck. I'm Laura Thompson. I figured you two were gonna fight over uh, it. Nope, that's it. <laughs> no, I was, nice. I was expecting. No, a I was. <laughs> I was waiting for him because I wasn't even gonna bother. We'll see everyone next week for episode sixty-eight. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 This podcast is brought to you by Buena Vista Home Entertainment's release of Step Up. When Tyler Gage, a rough and streetwise hunk with raw talent, finds himself doing community service at a school for the performing arts, he also finds Nora, a beautiful and privileged classically trained dancer who's searching for a new partner. Spying Tyler's smooth moves, Nora decides to take a chance on him. But as they begin training, tensions build, tempers flare, and the differences in their backgrounds explode. On DVD December 19th, rated PG-13. Is everyone going? Yes. Yep. Mic check. I have to go, guys. What? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Oh, you're you already so had funny. Your, you already had your academic emergency. You had your Frodo time. <laughs> Them deleting my classes was not nice. Uh, no, it wasn't. Would you call I it am- an academic emergency? Emergency. No, I, I said emergency and because I, I was somewhat rushed. Ooh. Panicking. Phone. What? Sorry. Was that your phone or my phone? That was mine. Oh, okay. I have two new voice messages. Is that you? Yeah. Be like, Kevin, are you dead? Sorry. You wish. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been kind of hard to do this tonight. <laughs> if you were, so not really. All right, are we ready? Yeah, we're yep. recording. Our- <laughs> let's, let's, see how, let's see how many I'm times we t- can say, are we ready? One, well, because two. You know, okay, because I've had to sit here and prod you off of watching Frodo, even though you own it, and then <laughs> we can't get started. All right. This is really tough to just start out it in is. the middle of nowhere. It's so I'm- hard, Andrew. This is so hard. Don't do this to me again. This sucks. Anyway. Andrew's. You know he's going to really- stick that at the end of the show. <laughs> he, he should I steal really wireless, care. seriously. I don't care. Well, he's his family's having a Christmas party or something. Yeah, Christmas party on December 9th. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, you said it, not me. So, Laura? Yes. So what? <laughs> I was so, waiting for, Never mind. Maybe we for should what? give some explanation to why we just broke into three. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, what did Jamie, you say Jamie, Jamie choked on a nut. I went to the hospital, <laughs> and um, Andrew's laptop crashed. So, because his laptop because is an Kevin Apple laptop, it. 
and no, 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 they're no. just completely unreliable. You can't you no, can't count crash, on them Kevin for anything. Means, Kevin so, means that he went up there and dropped it off the cliff. So that's what he means. So basically, it's left to us to come up with our main discussion of this. Well, week. and apparently Ben doesn't know how to hit record either. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Ben is in Chicago. Yeah, Ben is in Chicago. Jamie is sleeping. I don't know what everyone else is doing. And Andrew is um, at a Christmas party that doesn't yeah. exist. 